ब्रिज because i wanted to use uh, manto as an ethnographer in my thesis mm-hmm. and he encouraged me and he said why don't you write an introduction and have these translations published mm-hmm. soon after that i met david davidall and i mm-hmm. said to him uh, i've got these stories and uh, you know would you care to look at them uh, and he kindly uh, looked at them and he didn't get back to me immediately but not long mm. after he said to me um how would you like to translate all of uh, manto's story short stories for us mm. and i discussed it with my supervisor who warned me uh but manto remains one of my favorite short story writers Mm. Uh, and i think the idea of uh, uh translating him was compelling and i knew that you know he'd written uh, a vast <laughs> number of stories but i was excited about you know doing the whole sort of uh, collection of short stories and mm. i said yes without giving it too much thought about how much time it was going to take me mm. and forget the time uh, i think particularly with what is happening in south asia today uh with uh, you know the lynching of minorities the emphasis on uh, religious identities and the violence that you know uh, surrounds us it's been a very dark space for me hmm uh working uh with manto um and it's not been easy hmm. and uh it's extremely distressing in fact and uh i keep thinking of the kind of period be- between 47 uh and now uh and by now i mean the past uh you know almost two decades uh mm. we did have uh, a period where although we didn't necessarily uh 
love uh, Islam or Hinduism, depending on which religion you were from, there was a compact and you could live uh, decent lives together and you could agree to disagree. And the mm. loss of that space is, um, is heartbreaking. And uh, yet when one reads um, uh, some of Manto's stories and, you know, his search for this redemptive humanism that, you know, somebody like uh, uh, Ishar Singh in Tanda Ghosht, after mm. he behaves the way he does, uh, and in fact, I don't want to, you know, spoil the story, but Manto is searching for a, re a redemptive humanism there. So it does also mm. give you hope. So um, uh, I'll I'll be living with this for, for uh, at least another year and a half to two years. And mm. um, let's hope that uh, around me uh, the space improves and uh, we can learn to accept difference and, uh, you know, uh, not um, kill, maim and lynch each other simply because uh, we're from different religions. Mm. Yeah, you're, you're, you're saying that, you know, the Manto stories, like, but I think the partition stories, you know, I don't know. Uh, they're like, it almost makes you feel hopeless. The partition stories are so dark. So I'm wondering, like, okay, the Bombay stories, some of them are dark, you know, the ones in the, in this, but um, specifically, you know, Toba Tek Singh and all, all those stories, which are his, you know, uh, the ones that, everybody reads you know i mean i don't know they seem so bleak and to translate you work on translating those those pieces i, I mean requires some you know nerves of steel um well the thing is that monto's lens you know he started writing uh, stories in about 1936 mm. and uh, he has written about the act of writing as yes. uh, as both solace and uh, a lifeline for him. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, he says, in fact, that you know, uh, if he hadn't been writing, he would have been lying in a heap somewhere, or uh, you know, been uh, locked up in prison or something. And of course, we know uh, that to fight his own demons, he also was an alcoholic. Yes. Uh, but his lens always has been a sort of twin lens of uh, violence and sexuality. And those are the two mm. areas that he's looking at. And I mm. think that he's compelled to write about partition because there you really see... Um, in a very um, sharp focused lens, uh, mm. both violence and sexuality, uh, you know, yes. the, the use of, say, sexual violence and, of course, uh, physical and gendered violence and communal violence. And, but he's always been drawn to this. And uh, in, in, in the Bombay stories also, you will find in the volume, you know, uh, violence against children, uh, parents mm -hmm. beating up their children, thinking that, you know, there's no harm. You can uh, 
it's your duty to bring them up and correct yes. them and you can jolly well beat them up uh, there's a, a different kind of violence uh, against women as well uh, and he'd grown up with that uh his own hmm. mother who was the second wife of his father who was not a kashmiri who was not given the same status in his family uh hmm. as uh the first wife of his father and his sister whose husband was a serial philanderer and she didn't have the privilege of an education so she hmm. you know remained married to this man and uh, so there's all kinds of issues on violence and sexuality that he deals with and i think he's compelled to look at partition particularly because he's so aware of these two factors but in fact when we look at the partition stories and as i said earlier you actually think that goodness that's what we did to each other and then we did learn to live together for a bit uh you know this the uh, particularly after uh, partition and independence notwithstanding that even india mm. and pakistan went to war with each other you didn't have this kind of i mean there were eruptions uh, I, i i you know i don't want to uh, whitewash the eruptions of violence that have happened on both sides mm. of the border communal violence but it was much much less than what is happening today i mean mm. didn't have people in government actually mm. uh, supporting and making calls for communal violence you didn't have that mm. Mm. Uh, you know you couldn't sort of uh, stand on a podium and say uh, uh, go and kill uh, x because uh, you know he or she is a muslim or uh, you couldn't do that and and mm. now you know you can and you jolly well get away with it uh, so um mm. i hope that uh, the period between 47 and the last you know sort of 20 years i hope that uh, we can return to some kind of sanity and acceptance of difference even if mm. we can't love each other mm. okay so you know manto stories like in your introduction is very lengthy and you know very thorough uh, about you know his stories and and the the milieu in which you know uh, the pre uh, pre independence and partition and you know all that mm-hmm. so we get a, a proper view of everything and what struck me right, right at the beginning is when you also kind of make that you know parallel between manto and ghalib so do you want to talk about that mm-hmm. um yes uh i think for most people uh and again i'm essentializing and generalizing here um urdu lovers uh and, and mm. people who are uh, familiar with uh, urdu literature um uh, do have some access to ghalib but mm. uh, manto has more than an access to ghalib because he uh i mean some of his stories some of his book titles some of his essays he actually takes um misras from uh, uh you know ghalib ghazal and then of course uh, uh 
and we know with dozakh nama you know that sort of amazing mm. conversation uh, between uh, manto and ghalib uh, but he had such a close relationship with ghalib i think this kind of affinity that when his mm. first child and his son was born he named him arif yes and uh, ghalib had a nephew because his children um, none of his children survived so yes. he adopted uh, one of his nephews and his name was arif mm. and um, to name his son arif was not an unthinking act on his part and i'm surprised that i haven't you know uh, read anywhere else that you know people have commented on it and mm. ghalib when arif died composed uh, a ghazal which starts lazim tha ke dekho mera rasta koi din aur tanha gaye kyun ab raho tanha koi din aur that's that ghazal is known uh, as marsia arif and to compound uh, his grief for him to lose arif for arif to die in delhi uh yeah. it must have been a massive tragedy for him a to lose his son and that too in delhi and uh, yes. you know it's almost uh the randomness of tragedy uh that he finds himself in delhi he takes up a job with all india radio and as his daughters say that he never got over that grief and mm-hmm. i think uh they're right and i think it does um uh push his sort of descent into alcoholism and the tragedy and then uh, uh so yes i think ghalib is a very big presence in his life as it is with so many of us who uh, mm. and this uh, uh, habit that south asians in particular urdu uh, lovers have uh, urdu speaking people we resort to poetry a lot to yes uh, um express our feelings uh, in a manner that if we were doing it in english would sound a bit daft <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah hmm so you know coming to these uh, stories like the, especially and you've mentioned how uh, you know there's almost an ethnographic uh, thing about his stories of bombay and pune you know about the film industry yes. and how yes. uh, you know, so let's talk about that because they're wonderful yes okay you know, the so, uh, one of the reasons that i felt so compelled to use uh, manto was that when mm-hmm. i was uh, you know writing about cinema you read about directors and so on and actors and so on uh, but you don't really know what's happening in the studios and what it's like when a film is being made etc and hmm. when i went back to his stories uh, particularly i went back first to babu gopinath uh, which hmm. is a very special story for all sorts of reasons uh, you uh, <laughs> you know he says uh, i mean i can't uh, 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 i mean uh, go to the text uh, at the, at the moment completely but i mean you know it some, starts some something like uh, uh, 
मैं इदारिया लिख रहा था आई वॉज राइटिंग एडिटोरियल जब अब्दुल रहीम सान्डो एक नाटिर कद के आदमी के साथ मेरे दफ्तर में आया हाँ मतलब शॉर्ट शॉर्ट स्पी मैन उसने मुझसे कहा मंटो साहब इनसे मिलिए बाबू गोपीनाथ एंड एन ही इज दैट थ्रू आउट द स्टोरी एज ही इज इन मेनी मेनी स्टोरीज इफ यू लुक यू नो द प्रोटेगनिस्ट एंड मंटो है कॉन्वर्सेशन सो मंटो इज नॉट जस्ट अ विटनेस टू हिस्ट्री इन दिस लिटरेचर बिकॉज ऑफन पीपल से दैट यू नो लिटरेचर एंड novelists and um short story writers are witness to history he's not just witness he is an active agent of history in these stories he's there hmm. he's the hmm. subject of history and yes. it's not it's not second hand in that sense hmm. uh, so i i think that that was something that was very very compelling and it was something that drew uh Chris Bailey as well, because he mm. inserts himself into history. And what is interesting is that, of course, he hadn't been in—he uh, uh, was not in uh, North India. He was not in Punjab when partition happened. But obviously, mm. he must have met people. Uh, he arrived in Pakistan in 1948. He left Bombay in 1948, and he'd seen the communal violence in Bombay as well. And what's important yes. about these Bombay stories is that, you know, some of us can at times uh, romanticize the past and think yes. that everything was very hunky dory. Uh, there was no communalism, and it just suddenly. Uh, came to the surface uh, from somewhere that of course was not the case but as i have said earlier that yes there were eruptions but by and large people accepted difference and accepted to mm-hmm. live together so these bombay stories are very important for all sorts of reasons and mm-hmm. and of course uh, uh, <laughs> the compulsion of the stories themselves they're very you know they're, they're very compelling reading and uh, yes i've often read uh, people and heard people saying uh, that uh, you know mantro's work is uneven uh, i have why uh, people say that i don't know they don't say why but they say it that hmm. work is uneven um i well he he didn't he didn't allow people to edit his work his short stories mm. Uh, mm. and his essays uh but he uh, i haven't found them that uneven i find them pretty compelling i'm sorry i said i don't think they are they're not but a lot of people say that i mean i've heard uh, uh even uh, you know somebody uh, like uh, uh you know professor sunil khilani who did a, mm. i think it's a bbc program at one up yes yes and uh a, a wonderful novelist uh, pakistani novelist uh, mohammad hanif uh, yes uh, on on programs and on mantu where they've said that the stories are uneven and uh 
I'm not quite sure uh, what they mean by that. And, mm. Uh, mm. Because I find that, I mean, what for me is amazing in Manto's short stories is the economy with which he creates that sense of time yes. and space. You're immediately yes. there where the action is happening. Yes. And it happens in such a short space. You know, the canvas is not a broad, long story. Yes. Uh, there are very few that are very long. Uh, I mean, Mummy is almost a novella. But otherwise, mm. they're about, in Urdu, uh, a lot of them are 11, 12, 13, 14 pages. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, Toba takes Singh and Koldo, I mean, they're really short. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, neither is Thandagosht very long. And, yes. Uh, I mean, to do that in that short space, it's, uh, I mean, it's mind-boggling. I sometimes, you know, put the book down and I, these are stories that I've read, uh, you know, from the time of my teens. And... Uh, mm. Even now, I sort of, you know, sit down and I put the book down and I gasp and I think, oh, my God, how did he get mm-hmm. all of this in into this short space? Yes. Even even a story like uh, Janki. Yes. I think, you know, isn't it amazing? <laughs> it's amazing. Not saying anything we know. Yes. You know, you know this whole, the, every, the, the whole scenario is created without saying anything yeah. and how she passed on and you know what you know, it's it's just passed around I mean yeah you know and 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 a that she's passed around and b how she accepts it yes yes you know uh, yeah. and uh, that's an interesting uh, element in Manto which didn't disturb me when I read them when I was younger. Hmm. But as an older woman, I've, uh, you know, and the more I read them, and I think I was reading them very closely, obviously, because Hmm. I was going to translate Hmm. them. uh, Hmm. There's a kind of judgmental um, attitude that Manto has to the middle class woman, which he doesn't have Hmm. for the harlot and the prostitute. Uh, he he is far more sympathetic to those women, but particularly women with sexual agency. Uh, mm. uh, Janki doesn't come across too badly, but when you yeah. when you um, and he does have sympathy for her, uh, but mm. uh, when you uh, when you look at someone like Izzat Jahan, mm. you know it's uh, it's very interesting. And even in his essays, for instance, on Noor Jahan and, uh, you know, which I haven't got in the book, uh, uh, mm. but they have been translated by uh, Khalid Hassan and mm. uh, Naseem Bano and the actress. I think they come for a fair bit of criti- unfair criticism <laughs> and, and judgment. Uh, but, uh, and uh, I think I've mentioned it in the essay that his uh, nephew, uh, yeah. Hamid Jalal has mentioned that uh, uh, in conversations he, uh, you know, would uh, rant about the education of women and so on. But certainly in his attitude towards his wife, he doesn't come across as a male chauvinist. 
a real clincher. Mm. Um, so, um, yes. But among his pimps, I mean, you must talk about Sahai. Yes. You know, that character is like really... Yes, I mean, I think, you don't know. Yes, I think Sahai again is... Um, he's a pimp mm. uh, who looks after his... Uh, uh, the girls in his care and he wants mm. to earn enough money and then go and open a cloth shop in uh, yes. Benares. Yes. But it's more Sahai's spirit um, that is the compelling presence in the story because mm. this story is actually about Manto's departure from India. It's uh, autobiographical. Yes. And uh, the protagonist in this is going away to Pakistan. Uh, He's a Muslim and his Hindu friends are going to leave him um, as he's going to take a boat across to Karachi. Mm. And there when he's looking at um, the sea and the sky. And the sea is an amazing presence in these stories. Mm. Um, and it gives him the opportunity to sort of decenter um, human relations and uh, bring the human being outside uh, the self into a world uh, of, of nature and uh, the cosmos in a sense. And it's a very Mm. grand story because he stands there and I I don't really want to spoil the story, but it's really about Sahai and Manto's spirit in communion and how the friends find in that communion a moment to think about what has happened and a moment mm. to think about um, the human spirit and how uh, the subject can transcend uh, base uh, questions uh, of uh, religious, uh, ethnic uh, and other differences. And mm. uh, that communion of the sea uh, and the sky uh, and Sahai, where they, you know, where they meet, and it's uh, it's it's a it's a very grand story. Yes, he's looking at the horizon and he's thinking about Hindus and Muslims, and also that you know separation yes. and and the possibility of meeting as well. Yes, it's right. a it's it's a very grand moment of communion, and yes. and that's what the sea and the sky, uh, you know, uh, that merging against the distant horizon. And uh, I don't want to labor the point. And I think that um, people who read it and who read Mm. the story can find meaning in that. But he's often in these stories you will find, he's often by the the seaside. And he's often, his characters are looking at the sea. And um, I think his Bombay stories are his most intimate 
stories in terms of his relationship with a city or a place. Hmm. Uh, no other stories are located or are enmeshed in a place uh, as the Bombay stories are. Yes. So it's, it's uh, I think I've called them dystopian love letters to the city because many hmm. of them were written after he left Bombay and they were written uh, in Pakistan, in Lahore. And, um, you know, Sahai is written in Lahore. And, um, and you can see, uh, you can feel uh, in some of these stories uh, how he must miss the sea, the sea breeze, and, but yet, I don't want to romanticize his relationship with Bombay. Hmm. I thought even Taki the calligrapher is a wonderful story. Oh, the calligrapher. It's lovely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. Taki the calligrapher. Yes. 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 And, and what's interesting is that also, uh, uh, you know, when you look at uh, some of the stories like Blouse. Yes and Takti Calligrapha, uh, they're sort of uh, wonderful stories of coming to age uh, yes. of, uh, you know, young men. Yes. And uh, it's uh, and uh, interesting sort of studies of masculinity and of different masculinities. Yes. And uh, uh, yes, I mean, it, it is, it's a lovely story. Uh, one of, uh, I think, Another favorite of mine is um, is Mantra. Hmm. And I think both uh, Nana Ram and his father, I, and I love the way he's uh, written and created that character of his father because Mantra's own hmm. father was a lawyer as well. Hmm. So, um, yes. You know, I was thinking. You mentioned in in the introduction about how the the progressive writers, you know, found found him kind of unbearable. He was like, you know, not not mm, well, not kosher for them. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, his his relationship with the progressive writers was uh, an interesting uh, hmm. uh, and long relationship and a troubled oh, yes. relationship. So it's a bit peculiar that. Uh, uh, some people uh, referred to him as a progressive. I think he was too much of an iconoclast to be, you know, yes. uh, clubbed with the progressives. But to go to the troubled relationship, so when he was, was at Aligarh, briefly, hmm. uh, he hmm. met uh, Sardar Jafri Sahib and they became friends. Yes. And uh, when he finished uh, a collection of stories, just before he was leaving for um, Pakistan, mm. he requested Sardar Jafri Sahib to write an introduction. And then there's a correspondence mm. between them. And Sardar Jafri Sahib is a bit hesitant. And Manto says that, mm. uh, Manto writes to him and says that, you know, publish the book without the introduction. But the book is published in India mm. with the introduction. And Sardar Jafri um, writes uh, quite a purple uh, uh, piece uh, uh, praising <laughs> Manto's uh, uh, 
genius and uh, you know um, <laughs> yes uh, that is very suggestive <laughs> and then he turns to him and says that he should mature as a writer and give up on this fahashi and he doesn't use the term fahashi but you know write uh, more sedate prose and hmm. then uh, so why when he was in amritsar and that's a very very interesting uh, location of uh, 20th century muslim subjectivity because the hmm. within um, anglo oriental college which is run by the anjumane himayat islam and the anjumane islamia um hmm. uh, the people who are teaching over there uh like uh, mahmud zafar uh, you know he is um, a founding member of the progressive writers movement and uh, his his wife uh, dr rashid jahan who was a medical doctor and uh, linked with uh, aligarh university and they were teaching in the school and college which was run by the anjuman e himayat e islam and faiz ahmed mm-hmm. faiz uh, whose anthems are being chanted uh, mm-hmm. uh, all across uh, south asia uh, and uh, hum dekhenge which was chanted mm-hmm. at shaheen bagh uh, so faiz ahmed yes. faiz is also uh, teaching over there and these are marxists and these are progressive mm. writers and they believe yes. that literature has to be didactic okay it uh, literature yes. has a purpose social improvement yes. and manto on the other hand has written ke mera kaam nahi hai ke main zamane ko choli pehnau ha and uh, uh, I'm, uh, he says i'm not a tailor uh, mm. so uh, this is the difference between them but even in delhi um in 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 the 40s uh faiz sahab is also in uh, uh, delhi uh, at uh, uh, all india radio and uh, they have a very convivial relationship when manto goes to uh, pakistan he doesn't feel like quite writing fiction at that point and he doesn't feel like writing stories so he goes hmm. to see faiz ahmed faiz and a great man of letters chirag hasan hasrat and hmm. he goes to and they are setting up uh, a progressive newspaper called imroz so he goes hmm. to them and he asks for work because the pakistan film industry is dead and it's the film industry that uh, was sustaining him in bombay uh, hmm. so uh, and enabling him to look after his family so he goes to them and he asks for work and they give him work and they mm. uh, he he writes uh, short pieces and sketches uh, which they publish uh, he then writes thanda gosht and uh, and koldo and of course mm. the the government and the censors they immediately pounce on him and they yes. uh, you know slap charges of obscenity on him and mm. he uh, for his defense uh, suggests many witnesses and among them one of the witnesses is faiz ahmed faiz yes and faiz sahab at the trial so when he's he's actually asked to comment if 
ٹھنڈا گوشت از ابسین اور ناٹ بٹ ہی ڈز سم تھنگ ویری کیوریس اینڈ وچ از ان لائک ہیم اٹ سیمس ہی سیز ٹھنڈا گوشت از سرٹنلی ناٹ ابسین بٹ اٹس ناٹ لٹریچر اینڈ ہی سیز دٹ اٹس ناٹ لٹریچر بیکاز اٹ ڈزنٹ ایکسپلور the human condition and the characters in a convincing manner. So that was, and of course, Mantra was quite shattered. So I was in fact... That's quite a betrayal, actually. And it's not, it's, it's I, I don't know. I mean, Fezha wasn't the kind of person uh, who would betray people. But, hmm. I mean, uh, uh, he sort of, maybe actually felt that uh, mm, yes uh, possibly uh, i think that he actually felt that huh and it mm. is uh, it is a horrifying story yes uh, it is uh, i don't agree with fesa but i think mm. that a lot of the progressives actually felt that and it's very interesting that after his death uh he's um he sort of accommodated in their efforts to accommodate him in the progressive canon mm-hmm. uh, not just by the progressives themselves but by uh, uh critics as well and mm-hmm. um i mean i think his soul must cringe at that but uh, uh <laughs> he was he was certainly not a progressive but what happened mm. in that trial was that in the lower court the trial judge uh, convicted him uh, and the publisher um uh, and they were sentenced to imprisonment rigorous and a fine they appealed and on appeal uh the conviction was overturned but actually the case then becomes sort of legal history and ties in uh in again a very mantuesque way with um censorship and uh dictatorship in pakistan yes. because yes. the prosecution then um appeal uh and the the case goes to the high court and there uh an ignominious judge called justice munir uh hmm. actually upholds the conviction he you know uh, hmm. and hmm. removes the rigorous imprisonment but imposes the fine but justice hmm. munir in 1958 was the judge who upheld ayub khan's martial law under something okay. called the doctrine of necessity hmm. so in a very interesting way uh, the the man who found manto guilty hmm. of obscenity um was the man who justified martial law hmm. and hmm. created a legal precedence for it okay it's not surprising because progressives generally have a pure, puritan streak right 
So perhaps that's what, you know, disgusted them about Manto's stories, some of his stories. I I wouldn't say that they have a, a Puritan streak. I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. I think mm. that uh, often, uh, and I think Manto did too, that people who who write and who have convictions can be rather entrenched in their positions. And this is mm. not just with the progressive writers. Uh, you find them, you find this sort of idea of A, uh, being entrenched in your belief or having uh, heroes. And if you look at political parties and you find it increasingly so, uh, you know, the world has become so polarized that people become entrenched in their beliefs and they can't uh, seem to transcend difference. And uh, mm. with the progressives, the thing was that they were didactic. I mean, they yes. uh, they wanted literature with a purpose. Yes. And their whole ethos and belief was to write literature to improve the world. Yes. Okay. And they wanted literature with a message and they couldn't see what the hell Manto was doing by exposing and especially sexuality, goodness, you know, uh, in uh, uh, when I started translating Manto, it was so interesting, although I had been reading him since I was a teenager, I hmm. found that I actually did not have, I had not ingrained in myself, in my head, a sexual vocabulary in Urdu. Because in oh. my Urdu-speaking milieu, I never, ever mm. used those words. Mm. Mm. And when I was translating them, I then had to incorporate them into my own personal vocabulary. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> of course, I'd read them before. Of course, I knew what they meant. Yeah. But they weren't on my horizon. Yes, yes. You know, I wouldn't use them. Yeah. Not on a month of Sundays would I use them in that <laughs> language. You know? So yeah. uh, this is what he was doing. He didn't allow you to sweep things under the carpet. Hmm. Hmm. But uh, and uh, I think that the, you know, the, and the progressives, you know, they have produced some, I mean, the produce people like Mulk Rajanand, they produce people like, you know, uh, Faisab. Uh, yes. Uh, so many of the great lyricists in cinema. Yes. And yes. Uh, so we, uh, and, and and the amazing work that they did with Ipta. And yes. so you, you can't brush them aside and say that, you know, um, uh, they were self-righteous. Uh, they were as, as self-righteous as anybody who believes and who has a mission. Yes. So, I mean, yes. you know, politicians are so entrenched in their own positions hmm. and, you know, that they can't uh, bear to talk to someone with another point of view. Yes. And that's happening um, a lot these days, in fact. Yes. So uh, it was sad that they couldn't accept... Uh, at least in his lifetime, 
his um, his genius. Hmm. You know, uh, uh, yes. Ali Sardar Jafri Saab uh, certainly acknowledges it, but then, you know, um, gives him a right thappad with it. <laughs> you know? Uh, and uh, it's uh, uh, but there you are I mean he's left us these stories and uh, uh, readers can judge for themselves uh, whether they're good or bad and uh, you know literature is also a question of taste yes and uh, um, fiction is a question of taste Uh, but uh, also, I think that what's, uh, <laughs> I mean, they're a remarkably good read because stories in general are quite short. I mean, they're really short stories, yes. most of them. Yes. And uh, uh, I haven't really come across one which doesn't work at all for me. I like some more than others. Uh, mm. But... Uh, I haven't found one which hasn't worked for me at all. Mm. I might disagree with what he's, you know, uh, what the character is doing or whatever. Uh, mm. But I, I, I don't like the character uh, that happens uh, in good fiction. Mm. You know, for instance, in A Suitable Boy, I loathe Arun Bhai. <laughs> you know? Uh, huh. uh, I, 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 I don't uh, loathe Minakshi even though she you know sells the medal uh, hmm. melts it and, uh, but I don't like Arun Bhai at all I mean he irritates the hell out of me <laughs> but you know that's life and that's good fiction yes yes uh, and you know talking about characters you know, what do you think of Nawab Salimullah Khan I love that story. I love the story. And what's amazing is that it's the way his um, language changes when he's writing that story. Mm. Uh, the diction changes because Manto's Urdu, and I've mentioned it in the uh, introduction, is the Urdu yes. of an Urdu-speaking Punjabi. Okay. Okay? Hmm. Uh, hmm. And I was particularly uh, sensitive to it because my father uh, was from the Punjab and spoke excellent Urdu. Hmm. And my mother was from UP and spoke excellent Urdu. Hmm. But the two Urdus were different. Yes, of course. Okay. Uh, hmm. vocabulary was different hmm. but in uh, Nawab Salimullah uh, he just goes into Nawab Sahab's world and that's amazing how he can create this you know con his, his ear for dialogue uh, hmm. and uh, you know whether it's Venkatatre uh, in <laughs> in uh, in mummy or, or mm. whether it's nawab uh, uh, salimullah the diction becomes completely different okay 
and uh, and uh, uh, Mrs. Lovejoy. Yes. He breaks the uh, you know uh, the usual uh, stereotype of the Christian uh, woman uh, in uh, Bombay cinema, and mm. uh, yes, uh, you know. uh it's uh, it's 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 a terrific story it's uh, i would say it's among my favorites yes yes so uh how long did this take you this you know this particular volume um it took very long um because i started working on the stories um as i was reading the volumes and i was assigning them to different volumes so mm-hmm. i've i think i've done a quarter of two and a quarter of three mm-hmm. uh, as well and then i decided that no um i'm just going to do the bombay stories so then i read them and selected them and then uh and then i it's it's taken me a good 5 years Oh but I do other, Yeah I would imagine I do other things as well <laughs> Um oh I'm you know um I work on forced marriage and okay. uh, it's a job I'm the director of the mm. commission on forced marriage in the UK and I teach okay. for one semester in Pakistan Okay so um uh I'm I'm hoping that uh the commission work will come to an end this year mm-hmm. so then i can just concentrate on finishing the stories and uh, you know the translating work so um, mm-hmm. it, and it does take time and um, there are 54 stories so that's quite a lot of work yes he he packed in a lot of work i have to say um uh, well uh, i i took it on without um uh i'm um i think i i am a bit uh, whimsical i suppose i don't know uh but i took it on um and i think that uh manto's world and what's happening now uh mm. you know the mirror that his stories hold to what's uh, happening now it's been really really depressing and mm. uh, i have done i finished thandagosh then koldo and um, which are going to be in volume 2 uh, okay uh, although koldo might because koldo happens in both india and uh, pakistan yes and uh, so it might i might end or begin volume th- end volume 2 with this and begin volume 3 with uh, uh, i don't know uh, once the two volumes get done i think uh, i'll decide where to put them but i mean i couldn't i think uh, for days and days and days i didn't want to go near him i didn't want to i didn't want to touch a manto book because yes, that, that's not surprising sorry that's not surprising yeah no no and you know and particularly that you know you 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 read that story and you you know you're translating it and it's so difficult to mm. uh, get your head into it and you know uh, and it 
it tears you apart and uh, and also because my my own family my father's family they migrated from uh, uh, punjab from nabha to pakistan okay. so i grew up with a lot of the stories uh, you know stories mm. of partition and um, uh, members of my father's family who were killed um, in mm. india and who couldn't make it uh, and mm. all of that came back and uh, the stories that i'd heard and then what was going on around to minorities in 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 both countries but you know um in india with the government not speaking up against it i mean that was just so hurtful and uh, and i and i can't get uh, and i can't actually uh, it's uh, you know i'm a muslim rajput <laughs> <laughs> okay mm-hmm. so uh, it's like an assault on my very uh, on my own subjectivity on you know, mm. uh, where do i belong i mean i love india mm. it's where my roots are mm. so i mean dealing with uh, manto uh, and these stories it's it's been horrific it's 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 a horrific journey mm. uh, but it's an important journey and uh, i i will i hope finish it hmm okay i'm sorry i've become personal but that's the way it is no 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 that that's that's fine i mean you know if you if you're translating something i uh, i'm not surprised that you're you know uh, it's personal because you know it's part i mean why uh, why are we attracted to manto because because he shows us something of ourselves in our society right? yeah I, I it's it's and it must be the same for people who have uh, you know uh, left what is pakistan now and come to india and people who were forced to leave their homes and yes your you know your sort of bearings and uh, and when you haven't chosen to migrate where your uh families were forced uh, as yes. happens in places where there's war uh you know yes. the afghan refugees um uh, uh syria you know see yeah. the ukraine war torn areas all over the world and where people don't have a choice to migrate and now yes. uh, you know refugees are not called refugees they call migrants you know because you have to give yes. refugees proper status so i mean the whole world is uh, it's becoming sort of absurd and ugly and mantoesque and that's pretty darn awful yes it is hopefully i mean i don't know hopefully hopefully there's going to be um, hopefully we'll change i mean i don't know well the thing I is that, well but. no we must have hope no because mm. if we don't hope then we'll stop acting to change things that's true. uh yes and if we don't destroy the planet because of what we're doing to the environment then mm. um because that's the only war that we should be waging yes and uh, you know if we don't destroy the world um 
then you know we have to keep um, doing our little bit uh, to make uh, a change where we can accept difference and learn to live together i mean you know as i've said earlier we don't need to love each other just give each other the <laughs> space to uh, to do our own thing and uh, yeah yes so, and coexist yeah, coexist um, and uh, so many other questions uh, again uh, where you know one of the things that hasn't been written about and i don't think i've explored it enough in the introduction either um is the treatment of people who are less well off uh, financially yes. and socially uh, a, a kind of an underclass and yes. uh, i mean there are some amazing stories that he's written and uh, Uh, there's one in uh, uh, volume two, Jaya Sahab on my way, sir, which is about a mm. young boy who's a servant in a home, mm. huh? and mm. um, it covers things like child rights and uh, uh, and also the position of uh, of servants, and there are other stories also that come across very very strongly, and. Mm. Uh, Yep. So. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so you know, I could go on talking to you and listening to you because. No, I'm well, so sorry. I think we've talked for a long time. Yeah, but it's okay. You know, that's not a problem. <laughs> so, but we'll have to end now. And for for the listeners, go out and get the collected stories of Sadat Hasan Manto, translated by Nasreen Rehman. This is Volume One. Bombay and Pune, and there are more two more volumes to come, and uh, I'm sure they'll be as, you know, good as this one. So, um, thank you so much uh, for 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 talking to me. No, thank you, Manjula, and uh, <laughs> yeah, for asking me some interesting questions, which forced me to sort of think about certain things again. So, I'm I'm going to go and have a glass of water now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.